Well, would you say, you know, and, and this is uh, something that I practice, and when I'm most upset or cranky sure. or uh, it's all about me, 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 me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have this. This is not going my way, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a month ago, I was walking with Ashley, and I was just having a, just one of those days, right? And I immediately have become aware enough to pivot. So we pivoted and reached out. There's a beautiful church out in Immokalee that this pastor takes care of these kids, and we bought pizza for the for the kids and mm-hmm. he went and delivered them so we fed like 100 kids uh-huh. and that's cool man it is so cool like your heart and my heart is full and you almost feel selfish right but it's also spiritual biblical and everything else we're supposed to give and i took the focus from me off of you, off yeah, of me yeah excuse me and gave it like i want to i want to help i want to do those things mm-hmm. and that's the and it doesn't have to be monetary it could be a text hey man I just want to show you some love you do a great job with that I want to ask you this question. Sure. Um, you know, I know you went through a battle, you know, with your girlfriend mm-hmm. a year ago, mm-hmm. cancer. Mm-hmm. You guys did an incredible job. We crushed it. You crushed it. I'm so grateful for that. What What were some of your biggest lows and what were your, some of your biggest lessons? Not learning being, that- my low was not being able to show emotion to her because she is my best friend. <laughs> okay. She is my best friend. I showed emotion once to her. And I promised her I would never show emotion like that again to her because I needed to be the rock that I needed to be for her. Okay. So knowing that, I reached out to a few people for support. Good. Because the supporter always will need support. Yes. No matter what. I mean, I don't care what it is. And if you bottle that up and you don't write a journal, you don't communicate, you don't send a text, you don't do a phone call, that's going to hurt you in a very long, in the long, long term. So you said something beautiful. The supporter always needs support. 100%. And there's people out there, business owners, dads, moms, whether they're single parents or not, the supporter needs support and it's okay to ask for support. That's the hard thing for most people is to say, hey, listen, man, can you help me out, bro? Like, I need some help. I guarantee nine nine times out of ten, any individual, you come out of them like that, absolutely, what do you need? And it doesn't matter how successful they are. Who cares? Everybody needs help. If you just want to talk, man. Just, Everybody just, needs I, help. You know, I, I do this thing sometimes where I'm like, <laughs> I, you know, and, and maybe you guys can, you know, uh, touching on that, maybe a little bit of advice to me, um, because I'll do a thing where I'm like, man, I, I really need to, I really need to talk to somebody about this, and then I'm like, well, this person will never know, they won't understand, and this person won't understand, and this person won't understand, and this person, and then at the end of the night, I end up. Well, I'll call my family. I'll call like my sister or whatever. <laughs> I'll call, and then I'll vent to them, you know. But I'm like, man, you know, I get, I get to, you know, I get locked up sometimes, and I'm just like, I, I just feel like I can't get that release because I don't have the person who understands that. I think most of that is coming um, from uh, entrepreneurship and, and starting everything that I'm, the, the things that we're we're involved in now. But uh, because there's a lot of people that I would reach out to that don't. You know, they wouldn't know how to start a podcast or they wouldn't know how to start an app or they wouldn't know how to do this and or, or legal or whatever. And it's like, man, I'll, I'll get upset and I'll get frustrated. And again, that'll put me in a mood where I'm in the mm-hmm. house for two or three days where I'm like, but by day three, I'm like, let's just go out. Let's get out of the doors and let's go. Let's let's do something. Let's kick. So f- f- my message to the f- to the people that are listening to this. Also, thank you. I appreciate you for listening to our podcast and I appreciate you for, you know, staying on. I, I'm grateful for you and I love you. And I'm, if you're having a bad day and you just need to reach out to somebody, just reach out to somebody. Don't overthink it because most people overthink it. God, if you need to reach out to somebody, just do it. 
whether it be a best friend, whether it be a, um, a, a brother, a sister, whether it be just a complete stranger that has zero, has zero impact on your life, but you just need to get something out. My goal for most people would be just talk to somebody because they might understand. They might not. Who cares? You feel better at the end of the day because that's what your goal was to let it out. And you did. So I, I have a question for you, Benny. Sir. So you hit those rock bottoms. You hit those hard times where you're trying to figure out where's my direction in life. Yeah. I, and, and my experience when I when I would go to the bar and you were serving, you were the best bartender. You know how to make every drink I want to make. So like, what what drove you from that point of the rock bottom to where you were like, there's something I need to change and. How did you change that mentally? Competition. Mentally. What made, so what made you stronger? I'm so competitive Okay. that I actually put in my brain that most people or people that were my age, I idolize individuals. And how did you get into mortgage? Oh, that was just... Because through, that's opposite of that's a great, the hospitality. That's a great question. I actually got into mortgages through hospitality. I, I always saw hospitality as a leaping, like a leaping pad Stepping to my stone. next, to my next whatever. Um, I was bartending at a very high class place and me putting myself in that situation of the elite one percenters, I knew with my personality and my work ethic and my, um, my drive, something would come my way. I didn't know what it was, didn't know when it was going to happen, didn't care when it was going to happen. As long as I, I just knew when you know, you know, it's kind of like Gio, when you probably asked Ashley to, to marry you, you freaking knew that woman was yours. That is your, that girl right there is designed for me. Angie's the same way for me. She is everything I've ever wanted in an individual. I can tell that girl anything. She doesn't judge me. She doesn't care. She, she's happy that I do it. And it's just love. Uh, uh, can you, can you show, tell us how, how we find that person? You have to go through a lot to find that one. <laughs> it's not, you you want to know? You don't find, you don't look. So wait, it's, you not, don't look. it's, it's not ChristianMingle.com? No. You don't look for it. <laughs> oh, it's not, man. You like I'm here, deleting my the profile. Goal, the honest to goodness, if you want to find the girl of your dreams or the man of your dreams, you do not find, you do not look for them. You do things that you want to do that you get pleasure out of, that you're passionate about. That individual that you're compatible with will be doing the same thing. You don't have to go out to the restaurants and the bars and the scenes to find love or find that best friend. You have to do thing, do you, do you, bro? Nice. Right? You have to just do you. You go places that you like to go. Giovanni and Ashley like to go ride bikes now. I guarantee. You know what I'm saying? Like you go places and you do things that you enjoy, that you're passionate about, that you really love, and that individual will be there. So, what's the best advice you can give people, Vinny, as far as like when you hit those lows? You hit those highs, you hit those lows again, you hit those highs. Besides consistency, what can you tell people that will drive them to inspire them to create something for themselves that they love to do? Trust yourself. Put put all your dollars on yourself. And, and that's exactly what I was, for me, that's what hits home with me and, and my heart again after explaining those stories about those individuals that passed away. Just do you um figure you out you know and, and and ask for help along the way ask for help and advice and don't be knuckleheaded um like we were in our early 20s but but uh listen um well be vulnerable look what we're doing right now right god gave us two ears and one mouth yeah we're all we're all sharing something vulnerable right be vulnerable and yeah. people will be receptive to that because yeah. they can relate to it and here's the cool part when you're vulnerable right so i've when you're vulnerable and you're honest with yourself, nothing can be used against you. We always think 
that things are going to be used against us. But, you know, I, I love, you know, the eight mile Eminem when he's doing the battle oh, and, yeah, he, and yeah. he says, he tells the guy everything he's going to say about him. And the guy's got nothing to say. You got nothing, brother. So how you find also the person that you're meant to, to be with is you have to heal yourself internally first. That's where you have to go. Um, we can get into that. But I wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted to go to Ricky because Ricky had an event as a child that affected him. Mm-hmm. And this is just a really – I want to ask – I want you to talk about that, Ricky, if you don't mind. And then also what your parents did right and what you th- wish your parents would have done. Because right now there's parents out there that are struggling, right? Some, maybe someone lost their job. Maybe both lost their jobs and they're, and they're doing homeschool. And, I mean, and there's just stress upon stress, right? And just being that, that level of awareness. So – Go with so, it. yeah, I'll, I'll dive right into me. Um, I've been waiting for this moment to dive into me, even though it's going to be deep and it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. Um, so my background is is my family's always been super blue collar. And since the 80s, my both my parents were realtors growing up. So I always I always knew the lingual. I always knew that maybe one day I'm probably going to get into real estate because my parents are really good at it, and that's just how the old-school way of the medieval times goes. You pass down your <laughs> your trade to your kids, and they do it, and blah, blah, blah. Um, so when I was young, my, my, my parents were, especially my dad, he was always a business owner, always entrepreneurial mindset, always had a business. And so I grew up idolizing him. I grew up saying, I want to work for myself. I don't want to work for anybody else. I want to create my own schedule. I want to make my own money. I want to... I want to do all those things myself. And so as time went on, he owned painting businesses, um, power washing businesses, all that kind of stuff, basically the handyman type of business. And there was a point where he was very successful and we lived in nice houses and there's a point where his business didn't do too good and we lived in not so nice houses and nice, not so nice areas. So I mostly grew up in those not so nice areas where it was other people and families going through hard times. And um, I always saw that as like, you know, this is not my end all. I'm not going to always be in this size of a house or living this type of way where your parents kind of tell you what you're going to eat because that's what they can afford. Right. Um, And then fast forward a little bit into time as my, my dad's owning businesses, my mom's owning businesses, blah, blah, blah. And I was about 10 years old, nine, nine, 10 years old, maybe even earlier, maybe eight years old. When we lived up in Chicago, I'm originally from Chicago, and uh, my parents had a house up in Wisconsin that my dad grew up in, and so that was kind of, kind of always our weekend place that we would go to, right? Well, business took a turn for the worse. The economy kind of took a big dip, and my dad started losing, losing some of the accounts that he had for his power washing, his painting company, and, and so on. And so about eight, nine years old, I'm living in Wisconsin with my parents because we moved from Chicago to Wisconsin for my fifth grade year. And then at that time, my dad also had a bar up there, plus he was doing all of his handyman stuff. And I remember at, I think it was nine years old, my parents came into my room, and my brother's three years younger than me, came into my room, and we were playing with toys and action figures and all that kind of stuff, creating our own story. Oh, this guy's beating up this guy and all that kind of stuff. And I remember that they came into the room and said, look, Keep two of your toys because the rest of them we're going to have to put into a garage sale to make some kind of money because mom and dad's going broke. At that time, I didn't realize what that really meant. I was nine years old. I didn't know what that meant. But fast forward into time, I knew that meant bankruptcy now. Okay, so going back into time, 
they were going through bankruptcy and I had no idea. I just knew I had to keep two of my favorite toys and I had 100 toys. I had, they, they spoiled me and my brother and my sisters uh, rotten. They would always put money towards buying us new stuff and cool stuff and all that kind of stuff. Even though they were blue collar, they always taught us like work for what you're, you earned, okay? But at the same time, they would still reward us for things. Like we'd do chores around the house and they reward us for stuff. So I had a ton of toys. And so it's like, man, how do you pick two toys and what's going on? I don't understand this. And so we lost everything, everything. My parents had a, had a five, 10,000 square foot bar where it was like a reception hall and everything. We lost everything. Went very poor to the point where it's like, okay, we're eating macaroni and cheese for the next few weeks because mom and dad don't have enough money to, to provide you and your brother. And you're still eating mac and cheese. Still eating mac and cheese. I love it. <laughs> Throw a little beef in there or chicken, whatever. I love it. Amen. Um, so I grew up thinking like, man, I, I don't want to, I don't ever want to tell my kids that mom and dad are going broke and we're going bankrupt. My parents worked very hard for what they had and I'm not throwing a slight against them or knock against them. I'm saying they did everything they could. Sometimes the economy doesn't work out in your favor and you lose things. And my dad had a lot of invested in the economy and his business and he lost everything. And we went from having a nice 4,000 square foot house to having a 1,200 square foot apartment in Florida. So we moved to Florida. And we, the reason we moved to Florida is because my grandparents lived in Florida. So my dad wanted to be closer to my gran his, his dad and mother. So we moved to Florida. And at this time, I'm like getting ready to start sixth grade. So now I'm starting middle school, high school with completely new people that I've never met before in a completely different state. I'm from Chicago, baby. I'm from, I'm from the... <laughs> The, the hood, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not used to, to growing up around these Naples people that are, that are used to surfing and, and going out their their parents' boat every weekend and all that kind of, I'm not used to that. I'm used to like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, baby. I'm not used to nice gourmet meals on the beach, so. Butter and sugar sandwiches, too. Hey, I made, <laughs> <laughs> I made this thing called rice and, I used rice and sugar and I made it sugar rice and it was like the cheap way of having a dessert. But anyway, um, so. Fast, fast forward a little bit, I realized that I did not want to tell my kids ever that mom and dad are going through bankruptcy, okay? So I learned from that. And as I was growing up, I saw that we went from nothing. We had a lot of stuff. We went to having an apartment that was 1,200-square-foot apartment in Bermuda Isle off Vanderbilt Beach Road. That's where we lived. And my dad rebuilt himself. He got into landscaping, something completely different than up north. Up north, landscaping is different. You do that for six months of the year, and that's it. So he got into landscaping. He had a buddy that owned a landscaping company, so he got into landscaping. Started doing landscaping, started to become successful. My dad's a person person. So when people want their landscaping and stuff done a certain way, he's always catering to that. So he became very successful in that. He ended up uh, getting the contracts for Regions Positional, which is hospitals around the area here in Naples, and a couple big contracts. And I started learning from that. By that point, I was in my late teens. I was a high school. I was a rebel. I thought I was going to go play high school sports <clears throat> but another thing hit me at that point I was 18 years old I was I had a scholarship um, half scholarship for UCF to play football and that was my goal I want to play football I want to be a big star love me some UCF sorry oh yeah Strong and, little plug real quick <laughs> yeah. and at that time that was like the school to, to recruit people so um, and then we're talking about 2006 here and so I had a half scholarship. I was killing I was smoking I was smoking dudes in football I was laying people out. I was six foot 180 pounds, 190 pounds. I was laying kids out in high school football, right? So I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to do this. All of a sudden, uh, 
right around January of my senior year, I get diagnosed with a form of cancer, which is Crohn's disease. Mm -hmm. And it's not as crazy as a form of cancer as, as other cancers. I, I'm thankful that it's not as crazy as other cancers. But it's still a form of cancer that could kill you if you don't take care of your body. It's, it originally, it starts in your intestines and it starts shutting down uh, organs. And then eventually, once your organs, your liver, and all that stuff shuts down, what happens? Your heart shuts down and you die. Okay. So I, I got this disease, right? And I didn't know what happened to me. I was, I was fine. And all of a sudden, I went from 190 pounds, 6% body fat, 6 foot tall, to 147 pounds in two weeks. And so now my football coaches are like, oh, man, are we able to tell scouts and stuff that you, got, that you can continue to play at this level? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm laying in a, a bed at my house right now. I, I'm fighting for my life. And so they had to tell the scouts, and the scouts withdrew my my um, my scholarship. Scholarship, yep, my scholarship. And so at that point, I'm laying in a bed. I'm 147 pounds. I'm I just turned 18 years old. I don't know what's going on in my body. I'm going through every test in the hospital, you name it. All of a sudden, they they did an ultrasound on me, and they found that I have Crohn's disease in my body. And they're like, "Well, you need to go to a gastroenterology uh, expert, and they'll be able to tell you what to do." So I went there talked with them at this point i was i was to the point where i was 147 pounds i had no weight or strength in me and i lived in the guest bedroom at my parents house at this time they had a nice house and so they rebuilt themselves back up but anyway i needed my mom to come into the room to help me off the bed to walk 10 feet to the bathroom just to go to the bathroom and help me back to the bed that's how much strength i had lost mm -hmm. i could not even walk i needed someone to put my arm around and so at this point in my life, I'm like, man, like life's against me. There's no way I can come back and beat this. There's no way I'm getting, I'm getting my butt kicked from every, every aspect in life. And at that point, when I was in the hospital, I first got diagnosed with it. The doctor asked my mom to leave the room and I'm, I'm thinking I'm 18 years old. Like, why does he need my mom to leave the room? She, she makes all decisions for me at this point. I'm, I'm a young kid. I don't know anything in life. And so the doctor resumes to tell me that, look, you have maybe six to eight weeks left to live. And I said, whoa, what do you mean? And he said, well, um, your organs are starting to shut down. And your next organ that's about to shut down is your liver. And once that happens, you have weeks left to live. Mm -hmm. You can't live without liver. And so um, hearing that and knowing my mom's on the other side of that door and knowing that, okay, thank God you told my mom to leave this room because if you didn't, she would freak out knowing that her, son only has six, her oldest son ha only has six to eight weeks left to live. Right. So at that point, when he told me that, and by the way, I was laying down, I could not sit up. I was that sick. I was laying down to the point where I could, if I sat up, I would throw up. Okay. So I was laying down at this point and hearing the doctor tell me this and I'm like, Oh my God, what do I, okay. Now we're talking about my life's about to end maybe six weeks from now. This is crazy. I've never, how old are you now? I'm 32 years old and I got diagnosed with that at 18. So if that tells you what I've done to, to get to the point. Um, and so at that point in my life, I was like, I am determined to beat this thing. I'm going to beat this thing, and I'm going to be a story for people that have Crohn's disease or have a form of cancer. Where did that come from, Ricky? Um, honestly, I was laying in bed crying every night with pain in my stomach. It sounded like someone was uh, stabbed me in the stomach. That's what Crohn's disease feels like. It feels like every few minutes you're getting stabbed in the stomach with a knife, and the knife's being turned. Okay, there's no fighting it. It's the worst stomach ache of all time every time. And so I'm like, man, I'm going to beat this. Like, I'm strong enough. I see my parents. They're strong people. They're strong business entrepreneurs. I'm going to beat this. I will beat this. 
this won't this won't be the end of Rick Haas. Ricky Haas at the time. Now I'm an adult. I'm calling myself Rick Haas. So I was like, I'm I'm gonna beat this. So I'm laying there in bed crying under pain, and I'm like, I started praying. I started praying hard. God, please, whatever whatever it takes for you to get me out of this bed, do it. And I I pledge my allegiance to you. I'll do anything. Like at this point, I'm like on the way, my way to dying. I'm like I'll do anything at this point. Okay. And so, can I ask you this? Yeah. Did he respond? He did. What did he say? Um, he there was multiple people, friends that I hadn't seen in months that came to my bedside a couple days after that and said, "We're here for you. We got you. What do you need? You need to pray for you. What do you need?" And so I said to myself, "Man, I'm gonna beat this. I'm gonna beat this. Like a lot, you know, when people are in this condition and Crohn's disease, they don't beat it. And I'm gonna beat it. I'm gonna be strong. I'm gonna beat it. So." I got out of there. What I started doing was I stopped doing all the extra stuff. I stopped drinking because I knew that's not good for your liver. I stopped doing things that are not good for your, your intestinal body parts, right? I did those things. I started getting healthier. And then I, I joined a band. And the band has taught me a lot of things when it comes to uh, teaching everybody who you are, expressing yourself, being who you are. Don't be fake. Just be who you are. And so I started learning a lot of marketing tips and marketing things from the band. And then from that point on, I said, man, I live in Southwest Florida. I'm getting ready to get into my 30s. Why don't I get into real estate? It only makes sense. My parents did it. I understand how it works. So I ended up uh, getting into real estate. But the drive for me came from telling myself I'm a lion and I'm not going to fail. I'm going to be successful. And I got into real estate with only $2,000 saved up. A lot of times people tell you, save six months up, save 10, 20 grand up before you get into real estate and dive in full time. I went into it with that mindset of what I learned earlier in life that my kids are not going to know what it's like to experience bankruptcy. I'm not going to put myself in a position anymore to where like I can't beat something. So I beat Crohn's and that was one of my biz biggest accomplishments in my life was like I beat that thing and doctors still to this day tell me how are you still, how are you still alive? You should be on chemotherapy because I did chemotherapy for about four years and that stuff is rough, very rough. Um, I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of old people, and I got a drip thing going, in, needle going into my arm, and it takes about two, three hours for all that medicine to get in my arm. And I'm sitting there, and all these old people are saying, "Man, why are you here? You're ten years old. What are you doing here?" <laughs> so, Ricky, you know? talk talk to me about what you did on a daily basis, how you used your faith, and what you still do today. I I kept that promise with God. God God pulled me out of that bed, and he started showing me things in life that I can do to better myself, like put myself in contact with people that care about me, put myself in a position to where I can be successful. And those people that came to me during that time when I was laying in that bedside that told me, we're here for you, what do you need? Um, they motivated me and they made me a stronger person. And to this point, I have this do or die attitude to where like, I'm gonna be successful in what I do. And the fact that real estate was one of those things that were almost not given to me, but I was groomed for it because my parents were real estate agents. I said, I can be successful in this. And we live in Southwest Florida, one of the places that people want to retire to or want to move to. Um, so that drive has been what has made me who I am today and, as a person. And Rick, I just want to touch, uh, touch on something real quick um, because you, you, know, you did flatter me earlier. But guys, Rick is the most unselfish person I've ever met in my life. This guy has gone out of his way to give back and to help so many people without asking for anything. Um, he hasn't even gotten into the, the fact that he was homeless for, for a moment. Um, 
as well over a year yeah i was i was homeless for about six months it was uh i mean i had many jobs just just not my band i had um i was in real i was in a i was a um personal trainer for for a few years and before i became that they were telling you okay it's all commission based blah 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 and i said okay well I have no money and I have nowhere to go, so I'm gonna live in my car in the gym parking lot and I'm gonna use your showers to shower myself every day. So I was homeless at a point and that also helped me build character and helped me build who I am as a person as far as like, I'm going to continue. I'm going to better myself. Like, this isn't the end. It's never the end. It's the end when you tell yourself it's the end. The, that's when the end comes. The end doesn't come because, oh, you were unsuccessful at something. One of my favorite um, motivational speakers says it's very simple and that is if a failure is a setup for a comeback that's all it is when you fail it's a setup for you to come back whether you decide to come back from that or just sulk in misery and depression that's up to you we all have that option we're all human we're made of the same thing so i knew i was going to be successful in real estate based on my experience through my parents my experience through my parents telling me and my brother Keep two toys, we're going through bankruptcy and we're gonna have to go through a garage sale and sell the rest just to pay for the next month of rent or next month of mortgage. Like those experiences, those dark times, me getting Crohn's disease, being told I'm gonna die um, and then beating it. And still to this day, doctors like, how are you not on chemotherapy? Here's why. I use other medical things to get me to that point. Mm. Um, and so they, they just don't understand how I'm not using their products that they get paid off of. <laughs> Uh, to, to stay alive. And it's like, well, I'm using what God gave me. I'm using plants. I'm using eating healthy. I'm using exercising. I'm using all the things that most people won't do to fight this disease, to fight it. And I Rick, feel healthy from it. Ricky, that's, that's be, you're right. What God gave you. Um, let me ask you this question. What was your relationship with God before you getting Crohn's disease and what, and how is it now and w during the process? That's a very good question. Growing up, I wanted to be a youth pastor. Okay. I was teaching youth classes in my early teens growing up. And then when this thing hit me, I questioned God. I said, why me? Why did you give me this disease? I was faithful to you. Why did you do this to me? And so I had a resentment towards him in my late teens. You were strong enough to, to take care of it. I was, yeah, I was, I was, I had he resentment. Even, I was like, uh, why didn't you? People does, something doesn't happen to you if you're not I'm, strong enough. I'm one of your it. faithful. Why didn't you cure me from this? Why did you give me this? I don't understand. And so I had, I had almost a hatred towards him. Like, like, why me? There's other people in this world that aren't following you that you can give this disease to. Why did you give it to me? I don't understand. And so I, I had all these questions from probably about 15 years old to about 19 years old where it was like, why me? Why did you do this to me? I was one of your faithful. I was teaching youth classes at 14 years old. Like, <laughs> I could have been one of your best, your best uh, disciples. Like, why me? And so I fell out of God. I did. I fell deeply out of God, and I said, you did this to me. And I blamed him for it. And looking back on it, it's like you can't blame God for natural things that happen to people. Um, and then I find out during, through my family line that there's been other cases of IBS and stuff that are relatable to Crohn's that could have happened. So it's like maybe it's genetics. Maybe it wasn't God okay, giving so it to me. So speaking of that, I learned a little bit about cancer, and it is hereditary. Um, if any of your parents have had any type of cancer, that you have a 50-50 chance of receiving that as well. So in order to, f how we found cancer is through genetic testing, which is super simple to do. You do a little, little mouth swab and you know, if you have a, a gene that's susceptible to cancer, 
do it. And what's okay? So I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent. I'm sorry if I have to do this. No, go ahead. Um, I'm, I'm gonna take a quick bathroom break, but you kill it. You man. keep you keep doing that. So, um, so oh shoot, what was I gonna say? Where's gonna go with that? Genetic one? test, cancer. Genetic test. So you have a 50-50 chance of doing that, of receiving that gene. Um, and wh- how Angie, my girlfriend, found it is she started having conversations with her father and her grandparents. Not many people talk about this type of information. So you need to know, you know, you need to kind of know your family line so you can get tested so you can figure it out. So I'll just kind of throw that my piece in there real quick. Genetic counseling is very important. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, and, and I want to, I want to, I want uh, you know, uh, I want to touch on this too. I want to throw my two cents in here because I've I've actually struggled with the uh, with the idea of um, <clears throat> advocating for asthmatics because uh, when I was younger, again, as I mentioned before, being in the hospital two or three times a year and almost dying multiple times, the the doctors always told me, <clears throat> and they and. And you know it's not their it's not their fault. Uh, they went to school for certain things, and they, they have an education and a system um, that they follow and a, and a, pro- a processes. But it's understanding and knowing kind of your body, but also doing your own kind of self discovery at the same time. I think is very important because they told me I'd be on a breathing machine by the time I was 30. Um, they told my mom and my dad that again that put us in a financial constraint because um, I didn't mention this, but we went bankrupt bankrupt as well. Um, and the church had to donate us. Uh, <laughs> they called me the flannel kid because I used to wear flannels to school. It was donated because we, we couldn't afford clothes. But that was because my parents always followed. They wanted my health, my health first. Um, and they supported my health first. And, of course, they're listening to the professionals. Well, the professionals, of course, are saying, you need to do this. And if you don't follow this program, uh, you know, your son's going to be on a breathing machine or he could pass away um, with pneumonia or something like that. And we, we've had some very close calls um, and, you know, ER visits or, or uh, ambulances. But since, since I moved to Florida and since I changed a lot of that, and I don't go to – you will have to pull me tooth and nail to get me into a – got to be crawling to my deathbed. Actually, that actually happened – uh, about four, four and a half years ago on, on Mother's Day. Um, but it was a sinus infection that, that ramped everything else up because I was using this product called Afrin. But that product, uh, it, you know, you, if you don't clean it well, it, it can cause a sinus infection. The sinus infection can go into your, get into your lungs, um, and then it can, it can really um, uh, mess you up. And that's exactly what it did to me because everything that we did, it, it didn't work, you know, um, and I literally, you know, I was throwing up because I couldn't breathe. And uh, if there's anybody who knows about not being able to breathe. I, I understand that. My point is, it, don't let somebody else, whether they're a professional or not, dictate your end result. Um, and I think, you know, Rick pointed that out. He fought it tooth and nail. He, he went to a spiritual level with it. Um, you know, doctors told me this is the only way you take the chemotherapy. And later on, I found out that they get paid off of it, so maybe that's why they're recommending it. Well, and, 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 and to let me throw this in there again. They, they overdose you on stuff. So um, albuterol, for example, is, a, is a, an inhaler for asthmatics. Um, and that albuterol is way stronger than it needs to be. And it's the same thing as Afrin. You start Afrin right now, and it, it starts to, you need it again tomorrow, then all of a sudden you need it again, then you need it again, and you need it again, and you need it again to open up. 
and, and you become reliant and dependent on it. As an asthmatic, it's, a, it's the same concept with albuterol. They give you way more than you need. So then all of a sudden, you're like, I go through an inhaler a day back in, back in my day. Um, and then what you were talking about, Rick, which is they used to have this thing called primatine mist. Well, they told us primatine mist was destroying the ozone layer. They took it off. They, they banned primatine mist because the, the spray in there was, was destroying the ozone layer. What they really wanted was asthmatics to go to uh, their, uh, the, to the doctors and the, the uh, allergy specialists and asthma specialists to get prescribed stuff as opposed to self-medicating because that was over the shelf. You could take that over the shelf. I, there's not that. I mean, there's a there's a there's a bunch of asthmatics, but w us responsible for destroying the ozone layer, yeah. and it took them six seven years before they finally came out with another one because that company fought it, and they finally came out. And I self medicate with that. But my my point is like, don't let let don't let them tell you you know like in Rick's case, you only have a few weeks to live. You only have this you know fight fight. Give, give it all you got. And, and you know, if I would have gave up, if I would have gave up at that time and said, oh, this is what the doctors have to say and I give up, I would not have been where I'm at today, which is um, honestly in my first three months of real estate, I had nine closings. Um, and I would not have been at that point in life if I would have just gave up then and said, okay, well, this is this is, this is is where I'm at. I, I, I can't survive unless I take this chemotherapy stuff, which by the way made me feel like, garbage it did not make me feel good um what i'm doing nowadays is made me feel like i don't even have crohn's disease mm -hmm. so you even just started eating meat again didn't you i did i i i did not eat meat for about three and a half years because i needed my stomach to heal mm -hmm. and i started the only reason i started eating again not because i'm an activist or anything like that i started eating it again because i wanted to see where my body strength was i wanted to test myself that's see awesome. where i was at now i know some final thoughts coming through um, Gio, is there, Giovanni, is there anything that you would like to add? Is there anything you would like to um, speak about? Yeah, Gio, let's, 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 let's hear you. Gio. Let's hear about now, you. I, I know we got about uh, a few minutes left. Yeah, um, before you got to get off here. Um, but, Gio, we want to hear your story. My man. story. Come on. Well, first of all, you know, um, both of your stories are awesome. And there's just four of us here, and there's so many other people out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, myself going through you know, bankruptcy foreclosure in 08 and 09. It's so funny. We're sitting here on corner of Pine Ridge and Livingston and that bank right there, First American Bank. I worked there. Great did bank. you really? I did. I did. Wow. Um, and in 2009, November, I went down the street to Publix to go buy a sub and my debit card got declined. Ugh. And the lady across the counter looks at me. She goes, happens to me all the time. You know, and that was right before I filed bankruptcy. And it's kind of, it's ironic that we're here, right? And now I'm in a position where I could help feed other people. And I don't say that in any other way, but just to be humble about it. Right? So what did that do to change your mindset to make you say, you know what? I'm going to become better. You know, I'm going to fix this. You know, I've had that innate inside of me for a really long time. I didn't know what I didn't know. So in 2009, I was what, 27, 28? I built a house of cards. I was just following the... And I knew it was a house of cards, but I was just hoping I could play it out longer, right? Mm -hmm. And it came down crashing. So today we're in this, you know, pandemic and I positioned myself differently. But really what I did, what I was wanted to get, get to was seeking wise counsel, right? Like, let's just call each other. We're all peers, right? Mm -hmm. We could help each other to a point. 
But what, what I started doing, and not to diminish our relationship, because we need this relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I heard this really neat, put neat. You have to have people at your level. Uh-huh. You have to have someone above you pulling you up, and right. you have to be pulling someone else up. Right. Ha- it has to happen that way, mm-hmm. right? And you have to seek people you would trade places with. If you want to trade place, if you want to see if someone has the relationship you want or the body you want or the, the financial stability or just a really great parent. And what I started doing was I created my mastermind, you know, Think and Grow Rich. You guys have heard of the book. Mm-hmm. The guy created an imaginary mastermind of people that have already have been passed. Right. 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 So what I started doing is I started using podcasts. I started using Instagram and I started DMing these people. And I've talked to the guy, Robert Sharman, um, who wrote the, the 5 a.m. club. I asked him a really deep question like hey i'm struggling with some decisions that i'm making and you know what should i do and i got really detailed with it and he wrote back and he's like how do you want to be remembered what if money didn't matter what would you do and this is the guy who's i don't even know what he charges but i got to talk to these people Right. right so through through social media and and looking out to those people and then you know youtube's a great teacher mm-hmm. youtube's an amazing teacher anything you want to hear you could you could you could put it in YouTube and you could hear it. You know we're uh, we're in a cool time right now, man. You, could, you can learn anything. You can listen to any, yeah. anything. Anything like simple as you guys know. I just bought a mountain bike and I started YouTube mountain bike videos and realized this is a lot dangerous of a sport than I thought it was gonna be. So I'm gonna need some stuff. But you know how to ride my I taught my five year old son how to ride a bike and I remember my dad running behind me and stuff like that. I was like I know there's better ways. I googled. I saw. I went on YouTube. A few minutes later, I, I knew what I was doing. You know, and Ooh, it, what, 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 what would you do? Well, it was interesting because I like you forget, right? Because I taught my daughter, and she's eight and now, and my son. So I forgot. I was like, so I took the training wheels off and I threw them away. Psychology. Uh-huh. Yeah. I took the pedals off, and I taught him the balance and fall. Right. Uh-huh. And that's what we went with. And then he's like, I can't do it, Dad. And I'm like, Whether if you say you can't, you can't. And if you say you can, you can. Right. right. Did, did that, and I got into that with him, and then I was just really patient with him because. Where I was, where I was with him was, I can't, I can't let him feel defeated, right? I have to build his confidence, you know. And then I get all this information from listening to podcasts. One of the number one doctors out there that helps kids with uh, ADHD, right? Number he he doubles down on their strength. What, rather, what's his name? I don't know his name, but he's. Um, it was a podcast I was listening to, and they were giving an example that he is the number one doctor in That's ADHD, crazy. right? So, and what he did was is. Everyone tries to in, improve our, your, your weakness, right? So a kid can't sit still, doesn't read in class. What do you do? You make him sit still and you make him read in class. But maybe little Timmy's really good at math. So you build his confidence with math. Hey, great job. That's awesome. You got an A. You did this, right? Teach You're, the class for five minutes. You, what, exactly. Right? Now, all of a sudden, now he has confidence. Ooh. So when Timmy has to read out loud, he's got the confidence from being a really cool math teacher. Right. right? Like, that's the kind of stuff. Um, I spent a lot of time going deep. You know, like I said, I've, I've been through the financial um, hardships. So what was your next step when you hit that rock bottom? What was what was your mindset where you're like, I'm this is what's going to drive me to make that change. So, you know, that was that was there. Right. So I had to learn different things. But successful people like there's people out there that make a lot of money and they could lose it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you then you just start to mirror mirror match people that are successful and maintain. So I reached out to a friend, right? I, well, real quick, I was in a tough, I was in a tough spot, and I knew a friend of mine owned just as much real estate as me and looked a lot less stressed out as me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I call him up, and we went to Five Guys right here at Pine Ridge Livingston. We sat down. I'm like, "Bro, what are you doing?" He's like, "I'm filing for bankruptcy." And I'm like, "Oh man, I don't want to do Not that." What I wanted to hear. No, because <laughs> you know, 
what I had in my mind was people that filed for bankruptcies were losers, right. were people sure. that didn't want to work, right? And it was like, I had no other choice. Right. And it humbled me, right? And the moment I sat across the table and let that out and he shared it with me, I immediately felt better. Right. Immediately. And then from there, I was able to rebuild. And then I sought out Dave Ramsey. If you guys know Dave Ramsey, yep. right? He's, yep. he's total, money total money makeover. We went through a budget. I knew how much money I was going to spend on the weekend. And here's the other thing, sphere of influence. One of my really good friends would call me up like, hey, can you go out this week? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm like, you know, I had like, I think like a hundred bucks at the time to spend on a weekend, Stuff. St- whatever. Yeah. He's like, how much are you allowed to spend? And I'm like, you know, about a hundred bucks. Like, oh man, he's giving me a hard time. And he's one of my really close friends. Until years later, he called me up and said, hey, how's that budget thing work? Because now I have a stockpile of money in the bank and he doesn't, mm. right? So, and then you talked about family as well. And all the successful people talk about family. There's this guy named David Metzer on uh, Instagram. He talks about his mom. He was an attorney and he was going to go work for a big law firm, traditional law, or he was going to go work for a law firm or something along with the internet. Mm. And she said, go be a real attorney. Don't mess around with this internet stuff. It's a fad. Right? right. Our parents just don't know some, you know, you, so you have to, you have to take that advice from people that you would trade places with. So that's what I've learned along the way. I knew in order to heal and to you get created, to, you created support systems I along created, the way, which yeah. is very important. If you don't create a support system, it's, it's the every man from yourself mentality. And it's, it's going to break you back down again. And I, and I want to, I want to revert to the Oh nine, uh, Oh eight, Oh nine thing with the, cause at that point, cause I filed bankruptcy too. Yeah. And at that point it was like a thing. He was like, all right. You know, in the beginning, I know what you're sure. saying. Like everybody was like, Oh my God, you're going to file for bankruptcy. Oh, don't do it. But, uh, then all of a sudden it was like, you know, it became don't, a don't, fad. Feel, don't feel bad. Everybody's filed for bankruptcy. Even Trump's filing for bankruptcy. <laughs> well, you know, I was in lending, right? So, yeah. and I worked for a really conservative bank at the time. I was like, oh, am I going to lose my job? Like, oh. oh, so it was a whole different, it was a whole different realm, you know? And then finally you just, and I went in front of the courts. Talk about like, God, why? You yeah. know, why? Uh-huh. I went in front of the, the, the trustee on my 29th birthday. I'll never forget. I had to go there and like, that's when you do your final thing. And it was so interesting. Like my, <laughs> my car wouldn't start. The battery was dead. So oh. I had to like run down the street, have my neighbor jump out. And like, and if you're late to that stuff, like, oh, I don't yeah, know what yeah. happened. Like when it but, rains, it pours, right? Yeah. So you know what it was all, all along the way, all the different periods of success was number one, me comparing myself to this imaginary person I was supposed to be. Sure. Right. And, and not asking for help. Always suppressing and then fighting. I always loved God, always was with God. But I would be like, hey, I'm, I believe in you, but I'm going to do it my way. Right, I right. believe in you, but I'm going to do it my right, way. Right, right. The complete surrender, right? And I hear something like, well, you know, I don't know. I got to say this, right? Like, I'm not perfect. I'm a very imperfect person. I've made plenty of my own mistakes. We all have. Right? Um, and I would beat myself up because you think like, oh, godly people are perfect. They're not. Right. A godly purpose person is someone just full of sin who seeks him every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I've turned into. So I've surrendered all one of the ways I found Ashley is I was like, Hey, I had this conversation with God. It was like clear as day. I know exactly where I was. I was like, this is what I want. I don't want online dating. I don't want any of this stuff. I don't want, I don't want to kiss a bunch of frogs. Like I want my person. He's like, do it my way. And then this is, I always tell the story. It's so funny. I was like, but what about the cute girl in the gym? Like she finally started paying attention to me. He's like, you could do that, but you're not going to get what, what I want. You're not going to get what you want. You do it my way. I was like, okay, I did it his way. And I got everything I ever wanted. And now I surrender all of that. 
it, going back to your point, Ricky, it was it was that year when I filed bankruptcy. I had no money, and Christmas was coming around. I had no money. Those right? were hurtful. Yeah, so I reached out to a buddy of mine, and he's like, what do you need? I was like, man, if I could have $1,000, like I have some deals closing, I'll be fine. And he gave me 1000 bucks. and the first thing I did is on the way home, I stopped at Publix, and Publix used to do those those brown bags, you know, for the holidays. Oh, yeah. People. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? So I bought $100 out of the $1,000 he gave me for other people. Like I've always learned to give, I, I, it was ingrained in me as a kid from my parents. It was ingrained in me like rich, uh, rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Oh, I love it. You got it. You got to give. And I would just give, I would turn it out. Cause it's just blessing and you get blessing tenfold. I feel like prayer and giving has really helped me to where I am today. If you, you know? put, if you put that energy out there, that positive energy, you're going to, you're going to feel that positive energy back. But if you keep, if you put negative, why me, why me, why me, God, why me? then it's going to affect people around you. Yeah. And, and we've all been in our, our hard uh, circumstances, and we've, we've grown a lot tremendously from that. And I think, of course, I think that has something to do with becoming, becoming a man, just becoming wiser, yeah. becoming, you know. Um, and you're allowed to ask why. You're allowed to ask why. Yeah. You can. And, and, but don't keep yourself there. And, and that's Pick the, yourself up. That's the whole goal. And, and now, you know, we get to kind of celebrate certain things. And when it comes back to, to, to giving back, um, real estate, you know, has been a, a, a great um, thing for, you know, platform to elevating to the next level. So like Vinny, uh, I would say this, if anybody's in the hospitality business, they don't know what they want to do. They want to propel themselves. They want to uh, get into real estate or, or whatever. I would highly suggest to do it on the side. You get that extra uh, check but you also get to meet cool individuals like this i would have never um like we said uh, earlier a thousand years thought i would be in a room with you individuals um doing a podcast uh having created an app and talking about giving back um you know we just we, we gave back to local businesses with uh you know virtual open houses um we helped an agent get more exposure and today um after all of this um the hardships and some of the things that we've been through we are going to be celebrating because we have our first actual close through that was done through our app. Now this was we're not char haven't charged anybody a lick, not 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 one dime. Um, we made a connection between uh, individuals through our platform, which was des designed to do. And now we have a, a gentleman who's able to feed his family. That's um, awesome. That's and, cool. And full circle, baby. Yep. Yeah, full circle. And and that's that's the, the the giving back. If I could keep it free forever, I would. And that's exactly you know I'm going to do my best to keep it to keep it as free as we can. We do have to move forward. But um, the fact that he's closing on his first deal, which was done organically, and that that other agent, same thing. She's she's able to to feed her family now about, uh, with a deal. Um, and you put a family in a home. And we got a family in a home. We got a seller who's been trying to sell for a year. And this, you know, they don't know us. That's fine. That's, that's great. Doesn't matter. But we, brought, we made the connection, and that kind of thing right there uh, fills me up. And that's why I'm, I'm going to go to bed feeling amazing tonight because I just made a connection, and I helped Rick and I and uh, Jory, Jesse, everybody who's been involved in this has, have all uh, uh, helped out in one way or another. And, and our, you know, it's, it's coming true. We're helping people. We're changing. We're about to change some lives. That's what the podcast is all about, is connecting with people, not telling everybody we're all super successful and we didn't go through any hard times. No, we all went through some sort of a hard time to get us to this point or else we would not be at this point. Only the strong continue, guys. And if you want to be part of the strong, just hit one of us up, talk to someone, create a support system. Um, and you can do the same things we've been successful at we're all humans we're all made of the same thing so with that being said 
What do you guys? We'll, we'll close up the podcast with and asking you guys what are some of the the podcasts or books that you guys are reading that help inspire? Because we want to motivate, but we also mainly want to inspire people because motivation comes from inspiration. So and, and what brought you through some of the hard times? What are, what are you guys listening to that can help people? So first of all, first? yeah, yeah. Um, anyone, you can find me on Instagram, Giovanni Matita. Just DM me, send me a message. Love to talk to you. Spell your uh, last name. Oh, it's uh, M-A-T-I-T-A. Giovanni Matita. I guarantee you could, he's the yeah. only person on Instagram with that yeah, last yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, you could find me there. Um, you know, uh, journal, 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 journal. Empty yourself, get it out. A really good book that I read is uh, Living with the Seal. Uh, the Seal is David Goggins. Ah, that yes. book is awesome. Yes. It got, you know, when I was going through a really intense healing period, I started doing two workouts a day, and I just beat up my emotions to get them out. Um, I watch a lot of YouTube. You know, I'm, um, God's, God's been amazing with me, so I'd, I'd recommend watching you know, Elevation Church on, on YouTube or there's a local churches here. Get involved. Ask for help. But please, please, please remember this. Because it could be very detrimental. Only ask for help with someone you would trade places with. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that person in your life, reach out to us. There's no judgment here. Um, or maybe you just social media, you search and you follow people. But if you mm -hmm. wrong, wrong information from someone incapable of helping you will hurt you more than help you. Mm -hmm. and, and I want to just touch on that because we, we've all heard this. Um, maybe some of our listeners haven't, which is um, be the dumbest person in the room. Yep. Uh, be the dumbest person in the room and uh, doing the same thing every day expecting a different result is the definition of insanity the so. person that's asking the most questions is the person that's going to be the most knowledgeable in the end yep. you know i heard this and i just want to share this there's um think about this for a moment there's no testimony without the test the test comes first uh -huh. and the test is every day wow you know the, the test is every day get on your knees pray if you're not there that's fine on, on, unload on that journal. I'm telling you, there's some beautiful healing. We have two people here that were told they were going to die, and I'm looking at them. And if you saw them, they're good-looking guys, built, strong, healthy. I mean, two guys lost their fathers. I mean, there's a lot of hardship in this room, and every day they get to go home and love on people and help people. It's just such a really beautiful thing. I cannot wait for you guys to have the women on this 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 and you know let's all just be kind to each other uh -huh, let's all let's all really just be kind to one another and, and pick each other up and and to elaborate on that a little bit more which is look guys social media uh is is what it is right it's social media everybody's going through something and i don't care if tony robbins says he's never going through something tony robbins is going through that guy had five kids and was a janitor uh, um and and uh, basically homeless as well and he he made something out of nothing so the point is don't beat yourself up because you don't have yet you haven't sold a million dollars or you you know it j you just make the changes take some of our advice and some of the you know the tidbits that we're giving you and 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 follow that and then follow your heart and um you know get with god you know find your mentor um and really uh you know, propel yourself and, and put just do something different. Uh, like I said, if it's okay to be down, but if the day didn't kill you tomorrow, you get up, make your bed, and uh, make your bed. Make your bed. That, that, what you got, Vinny? What's your? Yeah, yeah. yeah let us know, Vinny. What, 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 what books and podcasts you got for us? I know Man, you got. I know you got some good I ones. Love, I love a lot of them. Um, but first, you can find me. Um, my social media game is pretty. Um, it's, I find it fun. You know, I'm vulnerable with my audience and my followers. Do I do you even have of, to tell people? Because they see you everywhere. I, do a lot I of, see you everywhere. I do a lot of Facebook Lives. I do a lot of Instagram Lives. I do a lot of videos. Me and my girlfriend travel a lot. You know, we work out a lot. So I put that up there just so I can show people my brand is my personality. Um, so you can find me at Magnetic Warrior. Uh, if you just type in Magnetic and you'll see uh, 
a little underscore that says, I got a guy. And I am that guy. He's got a guy. Um, that's my personal. It's got a lot of puppies on it. Um, and then if you want to go business mode, I got clear to close. Um, that's under the mortgage marketing dude. Uh, that's pretty simple to find as well. And what I do on there, I just show people, you know, how to market and how to, how to get out there. Um, pictures are great. Videos are king. How, mu- how much do you charge for that? Free 99, baby. Free 99. It's easy. Go on his Instagram. That's, what, I, that's how I try to add value to my real estate partners and just my friends. As I show them, you know, to get more followers, you just got to be authentic. You got to be vulnerable. You got to have fun. And what, what, what are you reading, Vinny? I know you, uh, you got books on books that so you're So I'm actually reading The Psycho-Cybernetic. Uh, it's about the subconscious and how important that is to you and how to train the, sci- and the sci- subconscious. Uh, that book is – I've read every chapter more than once every time, so that's pretty cool. That's a great book. Um, the first book I ever read, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Great book. That is building block number one, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Then they also came out with a How to Win Friends and Influence People for the digital age, which I don't know if you guys have checked out, but that's fantastic. Um, so I would start there, and then any other questions in regards to stepping stones and whatever direction you want to go to, you can reach out to me, like I said, at Magnetic Warrior. Um, that's my Instagram. And uh, I'm definitely here to help. I'm here to add value. I'm here to motivate. And I'm here to just be grateful. And, I, and I'd like to throw in just a, a couple books. And, and 90, I, I guarantee you, at least 97% of all either influencers or, um, you know, entrepreneurs have read this or, or um, have heard about it. But uh, Victor Frankl's A Man's Search for Meaning. Um, that follows a gentleman who lost literally everything, uh, and you know during the uh, the Nazi um, you know concentration camps, etc. He lost his family, and you know if you think you're going through some hard times right now, you could relate to somebody in that in that book um, to that gentleman, and uh, choose yourself again by James Altucher. I would definitely highly recommend that. That guy made millions uh, twice over. Um, and almost killed himself twice, uh, spent Thanksgiving by himself uh, contemplating um, shooting himself so his kids could live off of uh, uh, his insurance plan. Um, but he got himself together. Now the guy's, you know, a millionaire again, three times over, <laughs> um, and, do, and doing well and understood what, what he did. Uh, we talked about Tim Ferriss. I would highly suggest Tim Ferriss. He's been through some, some crazy There's stuff. There's also something that I really think is important in regards to relationships um, the five love languages. Okay. Uh, that was a uh, eye-opening experience. Uh, learning about personalities, learning about your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, just to you know, you might have a great relationship now, but you can always have improvement, and you can always improve on that relationship. So the five love languages. That's a great very book. Very good yeah. book. Yeah. And no, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, guys. Classic, man. You, you got to do Classic. it. But anyway, and 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 to touch on some things I've been following. Uh, the Four Hour Work Week. I just finished that book, and I'm getting ready to start. A uh, book that Vinny gave me and Giovanni just gave me a book. So I'm getting books all <laughs> over the place. And I never was a person that was a reader. But after I finished the four-hour work week, I was like, let's go. Give me, another, give me another book I can read. He's actually read. got a four-hour chef. Yeah, he did that too. And, um, and so there's another person I follow, which is Eric Thomas. He's, right. he's like number three or two in the world behind, behind Tony Robbins when it comes to speaking. And he's, he's, this, he's this black dude from Detroit that went through – Everything he lived in in abandoned buildings and went through everything, and now he's getting paid fifty to a hundred thousand dollars every time he puts out a thirty-minute to an hour-long speech, which is amazing. And he went through nothing, so like I listen to a lot of his. He's got, um, you can go on Spotify, YouTube, you can find him all over the place. Eric Thomas, he's he's amazing. He's he's a guy that's gone through 
the gutter and he'll tell you he'll tell you the story about lion and gazelle like lions wake up in the morning and they run after their 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 prey the gazelles and motivation and inspiration gazelles wake up in the morning and run from fear so it's like you're either a lion or a gazelle what are you are you gonna ru- wake up every morning and run from fear you're gonna wake up every morning and run towards that thing that causes you that fear um and so i got a lot of i, I got a lot of good things from him um and so to touch on everything everybody's talked about like everybody shared their stories so everybody out there listening realize that like it doesn't matter how hard your times are you can get through it create create a a um motivational podcast if that's what you feel like doing create a support system like geo talk uh giovanni talked about um there's things you can do all four of us sitting in this room we didn't come from super rich families that were princes and kings and queens at one point and then all of a sudden we got handed everything to us and and that's how it is and we're all successful living in multi-million dollar houses on the beach in naples Florida. i wish that was a story it wasn't i don't <laughs> live in one of those houses i will yeah um but the, the fact is we all came from ground zero ground zero is nothing we came from that and we built ourselves up to that um and i want to thank both of you guys for coming on here sharing your experiences it's not easy to open up to people it's not easy to open up to where you know it's going to be on a podcast where hundreds of people are going to listen to this it's not easy but i want to thank you guys for for being a part of that and being a part of such an inspirational podcast um if you don't if if you guys out there listening don't take something away from this then you didn't listen all you have to do is just spend how long this podcast is listening and you can pick something up that's going to motivate you that's going to inspire you that's going to make you become better at your business at your family at life it's it's as easy as just listening to it guys and um like i said make sure you reach out to to vinnie make sure you reach out to giovanni ask them questions these guys have been through a lot they've been through the same things we all have been through absolutely rick and so so let's let's end this podcast up it's been great it's been a pleasure we can go on for hours and hours and hours if we could um but nobody wants to listen to a 10-hour podcast <laughs> um, so 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 uh deshaun go ahead and close it up and tell us uh tell us where they can uh, reach us at all right yeah thank you both very much this has been a pleasure very welcome sir a very inspirational podcast awesome can't wait to uh to get it out there to folks um you guys can reach out to us please contact us at doors at gmail.com uh, you can dm dm us with any uh questions or if you have any feedback we'll get we'll get to them in the next episodes if you have any questions follow and like us on social media at doors open connect facebook page at doors open connect llc and uh tiktok we're still getting going on that but that's at doors open connect we're, we're gonna well. be on tiktok this week that's my goal yep uh so thank you again both very much for uh taking the time to come out of your busy schedule sorry Gio, i know we're running a little late here but uh it's all right it's worth it absolutely and um thank you very much with our sponsors jared and joe of divine digital for allowing us to record here again um hey if you guys have an exciting app idea you've been sitting at home for a month and a half um, you have business plan and, and things ready to go definitely get on a call with them free consultation um, they offer uh, come in here they can they can help your idea they'll hold your hand they'll, they'll walk you through step-by-step process of how we get it from point a to point b um, they're amazing so if you guys have any questions that's joe and um, jared and joe of divine digital um, and that's all we have there thank you very much guys uh, In the outro, big shout out and thank you to all of our listeners and supporters. And until next time, we'll keep the doors open so your deals, they stay 
closing. I am Deshaun Robinson. This is my co-host, uh, Ricky Haas. And until next time, DOC signing out. And congratulations. Doors Open Connect and everybody who was involved. We got a closed deal. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Take care.